Taking back to the uh, South Carolina game, did you ever notice a, a dip in Felipe's confidence level coming off a couple of losses? But, and if so, how was he able to flip that so quickly, lead that comeback, and then basically roll through the rest of the year at a pretty high level? Well, I think one of the ones, you know, with him was learning how to block out all the outside noise and not worried about what's not important. Um, you know, I, I sound like an, an arrogant or demeaning statement to people, but, you know, if whoever was tweeting at you on Twitter was a more qualified quarterback coach than me or Brian Johnson, they would be our quarterback coach. Uh, so, you know, I don't know why their opinion would even matter. And um, so I think once you're able to kind of block out the outside noise and just really start focusing on what's important, look at your skill set, look at what you're able to do, and go do those things at a high level you're going to be successful. And I think one of the things he was able to do was start to block those things out and realize that we had confidence in him and that he, he's pretty good, you know, he's okay, um, you know, and, and to worry about doing things well. And when he started to do that, he really took off and, and I think finished the season really strong and had a, had a great spring as well. To your left. Dan, can you just talk about some of the emotions coming into the season? You have a year under your belt. Of course, you've been at Florida before, but to have a year under your belt now and to see how this fan base has embraced you and to see what it means to be a Gator day in and day out, just kind of talk about some of the emotions involved with that. Well, I think it's great. You know, I, I love being being the head coach at the University of Florida, um, the Gator Nation. I mean, the passionate fan base, the excitement. Um, you know, that they have, uh, you know, I love you. You saw at times last year, you know, with the, the, the stadium packing up and the energy and, and creating that unbelievable home field advantage that you have in the swamp. I think those that's that's all so important and so critical. And, um, you know, I, fortunately, I, I understand I've been there before. You know, I, I've I've seen it at, at the highs, you know, and then and we, and, you know, we weren't all highs in my time there before and understanding how to get through it. Um, but I th it is. I think it's a really exciting time. I, I think our fans are hungry uh, to get back to go compete for championships. And, uh, you know, they're a passionate fan base. They, they love winning and it's. But I am too. I'm very passionate. I love to win. I love I love to compete. And so um, so I love being the head coach of the Gators. Front row right here. Yeah, what, what are you expecting for Felipe in year two with you and his development, and what are your expectations for him this season? Well, hopefully, you know, I mean, one, uh, he understands his skill set better and how to utilize his skills within the offense, and he understands the offensive system as a whole better to go make plays within that system. And, uh, you know, and to me, in quarterback development is making the less spectacular play. You know, a lot of times spectacular plays happen when guys don't know what they're doing. Uh, which is kind of crazy, right? I mean, because they don't really know what they're doing, so they run around and they throw the ball 75 yards in the air and something special happens and everybody thinks that's a great play. Uh, I guess it can be good. You know, the play was might not be designed to do that. The might have played been designed, boy, if you could just hang in there and be smart enough to get to your fifth progression, you check it down, we gain eight yards, that's pretty good because with the spectacular, I could also run around, scramble around, and get sacked for a 20-yard loss or throw an interception. And when the good play again would have been to get to your fifth progression in the read, check it down in the back and get eight yards and go play second down to two. Um, I think that aspect of it, that's what you want to see is him really growing and understanding the game of football and understanding it within what we want him to do within the offense. To your left, second row. Hey, Coach, uh, Bruce Marshall, Sports Byline. Back to the bowl game. We thought you had a chance in that game. Didn't expect 41-15. to 15. 
Uh, so like thanks you know, for your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I said t- twenty one fifteen. I was thinking maybe. that was yeah. so. Uh, in the offseason, how much difference did that make? And also, since I've come close and never hit a hole-in-one, I'd like to hear about your hole-in-one. All right, thanks. My first hole-in-one question today. I appreciate it. The, uh, I'm going to address the hole-in-one first. It was. It was about, you know what, I was sitting up there. I was on, on the green, and it was a back right pin placement, all water along the right side on the lake. Uh, so got to play it left. and should come down to the green. It was about 173 was shot it at. Uh, seven iron, it's about a, you know, and I hit it flush. You know, I just crush it. Caught about six feet above left away from the, the pin and just, you know, kind of like hit a little one bounce, little roll down towards, you know, played the grain. Got to see it drop in. And my son came, it was my son and I came running out of the cart, just bumped each other. It was like crazy. Like we rode down, videoed it to see the ball in the hole. We had a lot, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, and pretty cool. Now that's check. That's done. So like, you know, if you play a lot of golf too, you hit that shot. And every time you're on a par three, like you hit the shot and you're like, oh, this could be the one, this could be the one since I've gotten, I've, I've, I've worried a lot less about it. And I've noticed I'm starting to get like a lot closer and playing par threes much better because I'm not worried about it anymore. But bowl game, um, football now. <laughs> no, the, uh, I think winning the, the, obviously winning the bowl game always helps in the off season. Uh, I, I think uh, it, it leaves a, a bit of uh, excitement, um, leaves a bit of uh, unfinished business of what maybe could have even been better during the course of last season and that you want to build on. Obviously, I've, I've been a part of two national championship teams where it's not really what the, you know, there wasn't much more you could have done. Um, you win that bowl game. I think we finished ranked sixth last year in, in the final coach poll and in, uh, so I think the team looks back and says, boy, oof, oof. what if we could have done this a little bit better or this a little bit better? Well, we got to be, you know, I, I think it motivates you, um, that, that motivation and that excitement to get ready to be back out there on the field. So I thought that was, that was huge for us. I don't, I don't know if the score made as much difference. The score was great. I mean, Michigan's one of the best defenses in, in the country and for us to come out and play great in, in, Two of the three phases, we had two punts blocked. I don't think we had a great special teams day. We were solid, but not great, you know, in the other phases. Um, but come out offensively and defensively, play at a high level. I think it can lead to a lot of confidence going into the offseason and, and a hunger of, boy, you know, we, we, we maybe didn't play our best. We weren't as good as we could be, and we finished sixth. What if we could be as good as we could be this year? What could happen? And I think that's, that's a great motivating factor. To your right, third row. Coach, if you will, talk about East Rival Tennessee and a staff with a similar situation as yours going into year number two. Well, you know what? It, that's always been uh, – when I was at Florida, my, my first stint there as the office coordinator, it was always such a big rivalry game because it was game one. It was always your first SEC game. Uh, you know, and it kind of always led to, you know, I mean, it, obviously, I mean, you win, you're two games ahead of the, of the other team. And so it's always such a big game. And, it, and it's, such, it's a fun game to be a part of, great rivalry game. Um, 
you know, and it is. They're going into the year two. You know, now their players, just like ours, knew what to expect going into the offseason, can make some big strides, understand the offense, defensive, uh, and, and really the personality of what you, the, what, you know, uh, head coach wants the program to be like. And uh, it'll be fun. My, my first SEC game I ever coached as an assistant coach was against Tennessee in the Swamp, and they got to come down to the Swamp this year. So, uh, I mean, it was a wild night, and uh, it, it was great. We, had, we got a big win that night. But uh, uh, so it'll be fun to have that game played at home this year. On your left here, front row. Coach, I, I want to ask you about one of your former players and Jeffrey Simmons that you mm -hmm. coached at Mississippi State. The Titans took him in the first round when did you know that there was something special about him that could you know help him make it in the sec but also the next level well you know i mean we i started recruiting him when he was i think a freshman in high school um you know and and you look at him and you you could tell here was this guy uh you know that had a lot of physical tools about him but when you find and you dig deeper and you see the work ethic that he has um you know, and, and you see, you know, the type of personality he has. And, you know, you look at his academic background, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of those guys out there sometimes. I, I always think there's a lot of people sometimes in the world that look and you say, okay, that, that person, you, that person maybe could have an excuse of why they didn't make it in life. You know, maybe they, they, were, they were just weren't handed the greatest deck uh, or the greatest cards, you know, in the deck. And, and you know, and... and Jeff was a guy, though, that none of that mattered to him. He, he's a, such a worker, uh, you know, and, and God bless him with some great physical attributes and talents. But, you know, he didn't take those for granted. He's a guy that you're not going to find a guy that works harder, that worked harder in the classroom, worked harder in the offseason and training on the field uh, than he is. And I know going, obviously going through an injury right now, uh, but I don't think you're going to find a guy who's going to work harder to get back from that injury. So, um, you know, I think he's going to have a great career at the next level um, just because of his mindset, because of his attitude, and uh, because of how he maximizes every bit of, of, of talent he, he has. We have time for two questions, the first over against the wall to your right. When you look across the league, how do you evaluate the level of quarterback play in the SEC this year? I'm uh, pretty good, you know. I, I think one of the great challenges that come in the SEC is is the the, the talent you go against defensively, um, you know, and and probably you know, I mean, it is. I mean, if you look at the NFL draft, it's the closest thing they're going to get to playing in the NFL. If you, the, the the experience you're going to get to play a quarterback in the SEC is going to translate extremely well to the next level, you know, and I think if you look at a lot of the, the quarterbacks that have had played in this league that went on to the next level and had a great deal of success, um, it's the experience they get from playing against the defenses they have to see week in and week out playing in this conference. So uh, statistically, um, you know, there's probably other leagues out there that are going to put up big numbers, and, but they're not playing against the quality of defensive players that they have in this league. Last question, Coach, or to your left third row. Coach, I wanted to ask you about one of your incoming freshmen. Uh, Jaden Hill, he tore his ACL his senior season of high school, only played a few games. Uh, but you guys stuck with him recruiting-wise. Uh, I wanted to ask why you continue to stick with him, and what are your expectations for him over his career? Well, I think, you know, he's worked really hard. He's cleared. He's back. He's ready to go. Uh, he's worked hard at that. Um, you know what? To me, he's a guy that we were recruiting. He committed to us, and um, that's something that I take pretty seriously. Um, you know, I don't, I don't look at our guys and say, hey, you know, I'm, you're, you're committed. If you make a commitment to come play for me, that means you're committed as long as you're 
okay and a great football player. It means you're, you know, it's when I sit there with parents and families and they commit to you, you know, they're committing that they're trusting their son's future with in, in your hands, and that's a commitment that goes beyond football. Uh, it's a commitment about every aspect of their life that we're committed to in developing our players. So that was pretty easy to stick with it for him. And, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, despite having to deal with an injury, has worked his tail off, done things right, had a, a good semester in the classroom, uh, has worked hard at rehabbing and worked hard to get himself ready to go on the field, um, and has bought into our program and, and understands that. But and hopefully, you know, that also translates for him to understand what commitment means in his life. You know, when he, uh, if he's, he's committed to be a TV broadcaster or a radio host or an NFL player or start his own company uh, or be an educator or, or go into politics, whatever it is, uh, that he's going to be committed to that and understands how, what, what that commitment can mean to your success if you buy into it long term.